You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to Side B of this week's Clock Radio Speakers. Side A, we talked about uh, basically what we did this summer since we took two months off. You can catch that out. Catch that out. You can check that out. ClockRadioSpeakers.com, 4th District.com. Bars. Hashtag bars. That's my rap name. Um, anyway, that, that gentleman you heard uh, with the bars ad lib, that would be Armand. I am Doc. Um, so... Anything big been going on? Any uh, any uh, sort of you know ma- major events in hip hop been going on? I don't th- I don't even know why we're doing a side B. I think we covered everything that needs to be covered on side A. So you guys have a good week. <laughs> we'll see y'all in the next episode. <laughs> no, this <sighs> this generation's uh, they're calling it Jaru and Fifty Cent. See, they're- I don't recall like <sighs> the closest thing it is to is really Jay and Nas, right? No, it's not Jaru and Fifty. It's not Jay and Nas. It's like <laughs> KRS One and Nelly. No, because Nelly won that battle. Um, I don't know who that is. Is it? Uh, it's actually it's actually unique. It is unique. I'm I'm going through because I used to I used to collect all the beef DVDs. I'm such a <laughs> such a whack hip hop fan. So hold on, real quick. Explain for the ca- somewhat casual listener what is a beef DVD. All right. So shout out to Quincy Jones' son, QD Three. Basically. In the mid to in the early to mid two thousands, beef and hip hop was as normal as geez, the air we breathe. Like everybody, <laughs> there was all there was always a new rap beef somewhere. Shout out to P Cutter. P Cutter used to drop the Street Wars mixtapes. Oh, Street would, Wars! Wow. Yeah. yeah, so they would have like the radio. People would get on the radio. There'd be freestyles. There'd be entire mixtapes dedicated to people. So there was. Everything from Ja Rule and 50 Cent to Chameleonaire and Mike Jones, Nelly and Chingy, um, uh, T.I. and Lil Flip. Jim Jones uh, and Nas. Jim Jones and Nas. Yeah, Dip, yeah Dipset, and, Dipset and Bravehearts. Like, so they, this, so this, these DVDs would break down the details of the beefs and would get like interviews and have concert footage and all this other nerdy stuff. And beef was profitable. Mm. Back in those days. So after a while, you know, hip hop got to be very kumbaya-ish. Um, and then more recently, you've seen cats, you know, take shots here and there. There's been beefs here and there. But and there's been kind of whispers. There was the control verse from Kendrick. There are shots, subliminals. The closest we got to a real battle recently was what? Drake and Common a couple years ago? Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing something, um, but I'm, I'm not paying enough attention to hip hop to really care. <laughs> but now we've got like the biggest beef, at least the first rap beef of the Twitter era. Right. And beef has changed. Oh, oh my God. Beef is we are on a different level. The rules beef, the rules have changed. And and I don't I don't say that in a bad way necessarily. It's just it's just different. It's just different. There are people who came up on the same music we came up on, people from our era. Who they are already? They got their they got their noses in the air. They're like, this isn't real beef. This ain't real hip hop, right? To which I can only say, let's just let's just think about how the light how the career of Tupac would have been different if he would have had social media, right? And then you could just take it on from there. We just don't know how things would have played out. And Drake, and Drake said it. Drake said it on uh, was the Lord knows. Uh, we said I wondered if the greats would survive in this era. Right. It's a it's a different kind of era. Different so. Type- Imagine if I know you're trying to transition. It's okay. Imagine if Twitter was around when Hit 'Em Up came out. 
Right. What would have happened to Big? Well, actually, I mean, if you think about it, would Hit Him Up have even happened if social media existed to respond? Would it have had the same impact if instead you would have had Instagram pictures of him with Faith? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. there was, it was, a, it's just a different era. Yeah, it take what, longer to respond. Yeah. Everything yeah. was about what happened in the song. Like, yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> it wasn't like that. Like, you know how we have 360 deals? We have 360 beef now. Yeah. It's, it's the whole experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was just, here's my song. Sometimes here's my verse and here's your verse. And now we're going to compare it. And yep. that's all. <laughs> it just doesn't even matter. Anything extra was either a concert. Right. Maybe a magazine article. Magazine article or a radio interview. Right. That's about as far as you got. Right. It, now it, it's like we used to it's like we used to paint in three colors. Now we can paint in a million. Yeah. So now what do we do? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> it's like when you're uh it's like the kid in class who got the 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 box of like hundred and twenty eight crayons with the with the sh- with the crayon sharpener on the back, and you're like, yo, there's like ten shades of green, son. <laughs> so when I went back and listened to the last episode we did before our break. <laughs> okay. First of all, I was listening to it and I'm like, you know what? This is a pretty good podcast. <laughs> we were all right. We were all right. We talked about Meek Mill. Well, we were we we were expecting him to have a really interesting uh, summer, fall, whatever, whatever. And he has. So he what we talked about was an article in Fader. In this Fader article, they were talking about two records, which oh. we now know are bad for you. And what they describe as an energy record, but it must be check because that was what they tried putting out as a single. Is it? Was it check? Should have, I mean, should have been monster, but no, nah, it would have been check because check actually. I mean, they put that up on iTunes. Like, well, not, ba- not bad for you. Uh, all eyes on you. Oh, right, not bad for you. All eyes on you. Thank you. All eyes on you. That 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 sh- that shows you how much I pay attention to uh, that song. Anyway, they all eyes them, on you. They call them Omega. <laughs> um, all eyes. Yeah. All eyes on you and what they just describe as an energy record, right? And they're trying to decide between a single. And Nikki was trying to tell them that all eyes on you would, would cross over. Actually, in the article, they say bad. So maybe they thought bad for you. And you I know, know. I thought bad for you was a better single than all eyes on you. Mm. Either way, <laughs> at the time, you and I suggested, you know, he should do the Nikki record. Because what we were picturing was what him and Nikki did on By Heart. Mm-hmm. Now... The problem is, is we didn't realize that they were going to put out a generic record, but that's a whole other conversation. You said, this is an exact quote from you, this oh God, album man. could change the trajectory of his career. Absolutely. And boy, were you right, although you had no idea why you'd be right. Man. Nasty, nasty, esco, nasty, is nostradamus. And the funny part is, is he was on his way. To that trajectory being really, really good for him. Well, except actually, we should talk about the album real quick. Let me pull it up. Hold on, because I, I haven't listened to it in, in a while. So it, I actually went through and took took notes. Not that we're going to talk about this track by track or anything. Um, it it, it starts off strong. I'll give him credit. It does. Lord it knows does. it's dope. Uh huh. Even though it, even though he sounds like how Puff sounds when he's written by Meek. Like he, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of weird. Um, no, I don't. I don't. But okay. Classic. I like. It's kind of funky, but it works. Yeah, I like I like that beat. Jump out the face. F- future delivers the future stimulus package. Um, <laughs> right. 
boy, there's so many ironies that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so like I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, he's three Trill for three is, right now. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. My bad. And okay. then it's like all eyes in you. And I'm like, oh, I get why it's there, though. I get why it's there. Really? That's like, yeah, I get why it's there. What's I amazing get- is it's 21 on Billboard right now. Not like the rap and R&B charts. I mean, the Hot 100. Yeah. It's a song with Nicki Minaj. Right. So regardless of how we feel about it. Right. I it'll think get on, her, it'll, it'll I think get her fans I think her fans are one gonna eat it up by default because it's Nikki. And then two, it's more their wheelhouse than than his. Right. Um we'll talk about Rico in a minute. Um Trillis, the Trillis was dope. It was alright. I don't like the beat on it. I don't really like I got the juice. Yeah, then from here it goes into right. like it, it it goes in the cool territory. Right. We get a weekend stimulus record. We get um I actually like Ben that. Um, I kind of like stand up actually. Once it gets going, stand up. Um, I like I like it because it makes it makes Meek rap differently, right? If you if you give Meek the same tempos, he'll he'll just become all caps Meek. Um, yeah, especially like a record like Monster, which I'm surprised didn't make the album. Or, or how a, about B Boy? I was gonna say Monster and B Boy. Like, yeah, we we talk about those. We definitely talk about B Boy. Now listen to that record again uh, about a month ago. Like, yeah, they. They released that at the wrong time of the year. Like the if wrong time. If you if you put out B Boy when the as the single for the album, like when it's time, you don't even need the Nikki crossover record. <laughs> no, I think you still do, but you put that record out instead of Check. Yeah, Check didn't do anything. Yeah, Check didn't do anything because we had already heard Monster and B Boy. Right. And and even the ice cream freestyle. Right. And now, I mean, I'm guessing off the strength of everything that's going on, Rico's ahead. Rico was on his way. It was. It was on its way. I'm, I'm guessing it's not. I'm guessing what's going on right now is not hurting it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very curious to see like numbers on that. That record. Uh, Rico is right now number 40 on the pop charts. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, that is the Drake stimulus package. That totally is. <laughs> Man, that's nuts. Okay. So all in all, like. How did you feel about the album overall when you heard I, it? I thought it was better than his first album. Okay. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a good I thought it was a step in the right direction. Um, you know, some things that I, I would have changed, but the good records I really I really did like. I really did like Lord Knows. I really did like Classic. Um, yeah, like the, the good records I really did like. And yeah, it was better than the first album. So I was I was happy with it. And then what I saw more important than that is that I saw that his fans and the critics, for the most part, were happy with it. So right. it was a number one album, two weeks in a row. Right. So it was definitely a step in the right direction. It's not what I wanted out of me, but you know, it was. I agree with you. It was a step in the right direction. What do we want from Meek? <sighs> I want less yelling. Um, it's just not. That's always. I know. I know. I know. It's it's funny because you know, as I think about it, does Meek have a definitive project, like a project that we can tie him to? Besides, like, we anytime I hear people, I hear about series. So I hear about Meek uh, jumped on the scene with the Flamers series. And then once he got signed, he uh, Dream Chasers. Right. You know, there was what, two Dream Chasers, right? Yeah. So, but like, out of all those projects, is there one? Is there one? Is there one project that, like, is the definitive doc you've never heard Meek Mill before in your life? What do I give you to say this is the Meek Mill album you need to listen to to get familiar with him? He doesn't have one. He doesn't have and one. If, and, and if he does, 
let us know. Uh, <laughs> hit us up at CRS Podcast and let us know. So the album is doing doing well. Yeah. And um, but Meek Mill, uh, he wasn't too happy. Well, let's run it back a little bit. Okay. He was happy. Okay. Oh, he was happy. He was happy. Okay. He got on the BET Awards. Okay. He was very smitten mm-hmm. with his girlfriend by his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I get it. Like, Meek, I know a lot of Meek Mills. I know a lot of Meek Mills. And I say that in the terms of, you know, guy from the hood, you know, is on a path to destruction, makes some changes in his life for the better, and he gets things that he doesn't expect to get. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't expect himself to be successful, but that range of success goes far beyond his reach. So it's like when you get the girl that you didn't think that you would get, she's way out of your league. Like he was just wearing that that night. And honestly, I, I ain't mad at him. I'm not mad at him. Hey, I like my girlfriend. Like when do you see that in hip hop ever besides like Jay and Beyonce and they hit it forever. Sure. So I'm not mad at that at all. So, of course, in true rapper fashion, people don't realize this, but this whole Drake and Meek Mill beef started with the Joe Budden podcast. How so? Because then Joe Budden, the following week, gets on his podcast. And in a trolley way, what happens is the, if you listen to the context of the podcast, it was definitely like tongue in cheek. He was like, you know, Meek raps too tough to be on BET, you know, looking smitten by his girlfriend. I need him to look... You know, he was doing light skin dark. So he was he was like he was he was talking very sarcastically about Meek. Okay. What what the blogs do is they take that and they just write it and they don't provide a clip or anything like that. They just say Joe Budden says Meek Mill isn't, you know, uh, is is acting like a simp around his girlfriend. So, of course, everybody ignores it. Eventually, it picks up it, it picks up enough of a pitch to get the attention of Meek and Nikki. So. That that was one. It was on t- it was Twitter like one thirty in the morning. So Meek is tweeting, tweeting like crazy, responding to Joe, but not really atting Joe. Joe responds. Then Nikki starts responding, and of course, when you've got Nikki, I don't know how many Twitter fans she has, Twitter followers she has off top, but of course, they start going in. It turns into a crazy rap royal rumble, and there's a little bit of hostility, a little bit of tension there. Which then leads to Nikki doing the um, going on the rant about the MTV Awards. Right. That has Nikki. nothing to do with the beef, though. That has nothing to do with any of this, though, right? It does. Okay. Keep 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 telling me the story because I'm not there yet. Well, we have to get into the Drake conversation first, and then once we introduce Drake, then it'll it'll be a, a pullback into okay that. But Meek is already agitated. Okay. I'll say that Meek is already Meek is already agitated enough to do what he did. So. Do you want to talk about Taylor Swift or do you, you want me no, to No, do? I don't think that matters at all. It does. No. I'm a t- because I think that when, when Nikki went on her rant and she got, a lot of, uh, she got a lot of support in that, Taylor Swift responded in the wrong way or you know, she, thought, she thought Nikki was talking about her or whatever, whatever. Um, then Taylor gets on and apologizes. I think Meek was like, oh, we can do this now? Like we can make... You know, in the one of the most powerful artists in the music industry sort of bowed to us. Well, let me see what I can do. And he and then he sends out the tweets. I think that was totally an ego thing. And I think Nikki, what happened with Nikki played into him doing that. If that doesn't happen with if that doesn't happen with Nikki and Taylor, he doesn't do that. 
You sure it's not just he was he was being a little pissy that that Drake didn't tweet about his album? I think I think that's why I think that's why Drake was the target. Mm. You know, f- people forget the hashtag you not MMG. <laughs> people forgot about that with Wale. Like Meek, people talk about Wale being an emotional tweeter. Meek is very he does the emo tweets. So I think I think Drake not tweeting the album, um, and I'm missing a step about uh, Meek's homecoming concert and all that stuff too. Right, right. So. Um, see, at this point, I'm not paying attention to this because even while I'm reciting the story, first off, I'm mad at myself for even knowing all this because I really wasn't paying attention to it. Right. But so apparently what happened was, was before uh, Meek heard the Rico reference before all this happened. Of course. So I guess him and Drake got into it about it. Um, they didn't talk to each other for a while. Meek still decides to put the record on his album. He's not then, stupid. Right. So then Meek has his homecoming concert. Drake was supposed to come and Drake no shows. So he feels a way about that, which is ultimately he thought that it had blown over and everybody was cool. But, you know, obviously not. So then on top of that, then then he really apparently he really felt a way about Drake not tweeting a link to his album because he figured because they had a record on there that he was he wasn't supporting it, Um, even though he played the record on. His OVO radio station, the first episode, they played the record for like 15 minutes. They ran it back a bunch of times. And they played another Meek, another Meek Mill record off the album. I think they played Jump Out the Face. They did. So, I mean, hey, I don't send a tweet out, but I'm playing you on my radio show that is going to be listened to by millions of people who have iPhones. I don't know. Anyway, I'm done talking because I don't like that part. That, that part... <laughs> Nah, I don't. I was not interested. I was. Not, I had no vested interest in any of this by this point because it just it just felt real catfighty. Right. So yeah. so then Meek starts tweeting, and I don't want to actually. I you know I don't want to recap like step by step what happened in this beef. Um, we can give the high points if there are such a thing, which is basically Meek tweeted about it. At some point, we started hearing about there are reference tracks. Flex gets involved. There's a whole fail that happens there that we could recap, but I don't really, I don't really care enough to, okay. at least not right now. But we can talk about like I, I want to talk more bigger picture stuff. But we can, you know, so nope, nope. Let's go bigger picture. Well, so then the flag radio speakers is, is right. Is, so all that to say, there, you know, there was a totally botched thing with, um, there's total bo- totally botched thing with Flex. There's rumors of more reference tracks. Drake puts out charged up, gets a, we'll say tepid response. I think it was it was the fact that and this is where social media comes into play. Meek was tweeting for like two days. The fact that Drake did not tweet and just responded with a record got him more props. 90s word. Right. Got him more props than him announcing it rather than what was the than the actual content of the record. I, for the record, I, 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 li- I think it, I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was great. But um, then we have, you know, Flex. <laughs> Saying, yeah, Meek's gonna have Meek's bringing the record Monday night was a complete disaster online. Now, in the old days, this almost wouldn't have mattered, but now that you can stream Hot 97, now that the internet exists, it became a thing. Drake yeah. responds with back to back, yeah, and then Meek responds with I can't even think of the, think of the name of Meek's reply. Want to know? Want to know? And finally, the last, and then, and then at OVO Fest, Drake pulls out all the stops, stops short of actually doing. What we, I think we, we, it's going to be called 3P, right? Yeah. Assuming it ever comes out. 
I'm, I'm hearing it is. And then, um, and Mika responded in concert last night. Yeah. So let's talk before we talk about how the beef was actually handled. Should do you think people should care that Drake has help? <sighs> That's such a loaded question. Okay. Um, let, let me let me let me go to a simpler question. Okay. Well, I don't even know, know if this is simpler. Um, actually, let's just start with some things. So this guy Q Miller. Yeah. It's clear that he helped. Yes. On some songs more than others. Yes. This is not ghostwriting. No. Thank you. No. Okay. No. It's not Let's ghostwriting. Let's that up. When you're Thank in you. the credits, it's not ghostwriting. When you're in the credits, it's not ghostwriting. Okay. Um, you can't see ghosts. That's why it's called ghostwriting. Some right. people But remember, we're going we're gonna to be really old. Like, the reason why Mad Skills Woo! had that record was because he wasn't credited. Wasn't credited. If you're in the credits, that Mad Skills record doesn't exist. Exactly. 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 I will point out that he wasn't initially in the credits for Rico, but was added. Okay. <laughs> now, right. whatever. Out of all the songs, if I remember correctly, that's the one where it appears that he might have done the least. Yeah, but yeah. Well, he had a whole verse. Drake only took the first bar, <laughs> right. and then and then completely like wrote his own verse. Right. Um, and then he, and he did the hook. Right. So the most, the most damaging one is know yourself. Yeah. Especially because probably because it's Drake's, I want to say it's his biggest record, but it's a big record for him right now. It's a big record for him right now. Now, what we all don't know is how these references came about. We have rumors, but we have nothing. We have rumors, rumors that DJ drama is involved. Mm -hmm. And so the rumor for his involvement is that he was supposed to host if you're reading this, it's too late when it was a mixtape. It was supposed to be a Gangsta Grills. I do remember that. And then when it, was, when it was withdrawn because Cash Money wanted to put this out on an album, because it sold, what, 600 plus thousand copies first week? Like, why would they sit on that money? Right. So drama's unhappy about that. How, people forget drama's from Philly. But how this, like the connection, there's a lot of rumors. It. I have a lot of questions in general about this. If only to say... Maybe it's because I'm a fan of Drake, and I'll say that right now. If if it's true that, even on these tracks, like even if you just take the tracks that we've heard the references for, if it's true that, Q, that Quentin Miller did as much as it appears that he did, shouldn't people be knocking his door down right now? Because Kid Ink has a record on the radio right now where he sounds exactly like Drake and is desperate to sound like Drake. Mm, Does he? <laughs> y- yeah. Unfortunately, when I was doing dishes one night, it was late one night, and I was like, you know what? I think it was the Monday night when they were supposed to play this stuff on Flex. I was like, can't believe I'm going to play this stream right now. <laughs> and I heard this record, and I was like, who is trying to be Drake? So I, part of me is, and maybe it's because I don't want to believe it. I mean, clearly, like, he helped out. But the hooks and sort of the, if you, I don't know. Here's what I'll say. Um... I have no doubt that apparently this kid has some sort of writing talent, but like when you hear his references, to me they don't sound good at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than other than the lyrics and somewhat of a cadence, right? They don't they don't sound good at all. Yeah, there's a I I, I get it. I get it. You're a ghostwriter, like. But I get it. right, it's they they sound so not good to me that if you would that like if the story if the story would have turned and it would have come out that. No, actually, like he really only helped out a little bit, and then he did these 
after the fact. Like if it was some massive cover up, not that it is. If it was, I would almost believe that because of how unconvincing. Like if you're telling me that Drake and his people listen to those and turn that into a catchy hook, I'm actually mildly impressed. <laughs> well, well, my question is, I haven't listened to his SoundCloud. Yeah, I know when I record references, and then we can even on a on a grander scale. We can look at when Lupe recorded um, Nothing on You. Oh, right. Well, his original reference or his original rough was very unenthusiastic, very uninspired. Not sure. because, not necessarily because, you know, you don't want to do the record. Well, or he didn't want to do the record, but he didn't. But sometimes your rough isn't, your rough is to get through it just so you have it down. And then you learn it, you get familiar with it. So then when you do it again, you can add in your your cadences and vocal inflections, et cetera, et cetera. So right, right, right. now I haven't heard Quentin Miller's actual music, but you it's know, it's not, is it, it's on the same level as, yeah, actually. Okay. Right. It's not like you're hearing him and you're like, Oh, this is some, <laughs> you know, this is a new thing No, Um, but look, they, they clearly work together. So you and I both agree. It's not ghostwriting. The no. one that now the one that was rumored didn't Flex say he had a reference for blessings? He did. I've heard that there's I've heard there's way more references than the ones that leaked. Interesting. I've heard there are, I've heard there are much more. I've heard a lot of things too, but Drake is also people really like and we should talk about this generally, but like the quote unquote hip hop industry, they really want to see Drake being taken down a peg or two. I've heard that. I've so heard that. it's difficult to know how much to believe. If yeah. To me, if a reference exists for blessings, and if it's as much as say know yourself, if such a thing existed, and if it were in the hands of somebody who wanted to do damage, that's the one. Number one, people love that record. Number two, Quentin Miller's not credited. Mm. That's the one. But it doesn't exist. I mean, it's 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 a rumor right now. Yeah. So all that to say, we agree it's not ghostwriting. No, it's not. It's not ghost. It's not ghostwriting. All right. Does writing Let's just say, does collaborating on something, whether you have help writing, whether you have help producing, does that automatically mean it's lesser? No, no. You well, have to define, well, you have to define collaborate. So okay. if collaborate means um, what you and I do. So say you send me a beat and, right. you know, I say, you know, maybe you should try and change the drums a little bit right. or, or, you know drop the beat out right here or right. something like that. Like I could get a production credit, but you're still making the beat. Right. Right. In, so, in the old puff, in the old puff credits, those would have been programming by. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So then if you send me said beat and I, you say, Hey, you should rap about this. Right. And I write the verse and then you say, well, maybe you should say it like this. You know, maybe you should say that line like this, or maybe you should try this, or maybe you should write that over, or that. No, that doesn't make it less. Okay. No man is an island. Okay. At, at my at my old age, that's what I'm starting to realize. No man is an island. Everybody has help in all things, all right. and that's a and that's a good thing. All right. So there's that, and then there's this notion of somebody else has a call it a reference, call it a demo, call it what you want, and now I'm going to take that and do something else with it. Now. See, I've heard nobody speak about record pools. Oh, we're going old. Um, <laughs> heard nobody speak about. I've heard not a soul say a peep about record pools. You want to define what that is? So, what a record pool is is say five artists signed to Def Jam. 
and they realize that one of these pe- one of those artists, one of those people, one of these artists is more marketable than the other four. So the other four, in addition to other artists that they already have signed to the label that they're not sure, and even some that do have deals and are going to, you know, be put out uh, for, for, for public consumption, for lack of a better word, they are writing records for this artist and they submit them to the groups or they submit them to the label. So yeah. the label, the A&R, and sometimes the artists, not always, sometimes the artists sit in, they listen to these records, they decide which records uh, they are going to use for the album. The artist goes in the studio and raps them verbatim and puts them out like they are their records. That is a record pool. Okay. And it exists. And I think, and one thing that I'm hearing and one thing that I believe is that a lot of artists are being silent on this because record pools are such a common practice in the industry that like you would tell on everybody. Right. But, and but Meek himself has written for other people. Thank you. Meek has written for people. We've got Meek ref we don't have Meek references. We have Drake references. We have J. Cole references. Like Right. It, uh, Kendrick's writing for people. Right. God, let's take it back. People write for Kanye. Right. I'll get there in a minute though. I'll I know you will. I know you will. Um but for Meek of all people to care about this was really interesting to me. We know he's written for other people. We know he's given demos to Nikki. To Nikki. He he put out the the Puff single, the I Want the Love, I Need the Love or something like that. Right. It sounded like a super Meek Mill record that Puff was just rapping. Right. Well, I mean, Puff is... Nobody nobody does it like Puff. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, like, yeah. I'll tell you, how about this one? How about on Nikki's album, Pink Print? Uh-huh. There's a record called Favorite with Jeremiah. Uh-huh. Can somebody tell me why Meek Mill has a writing credit on that? Mm. It's the second one. Mm. Before the producers, Meek Mill's got a writing credit. Now, I'm guessing it was because it was one of the many half-completed or whatever else Meek Mill records that was lying around when he was in prison. Now, it matters when you are an artist who claims to uh, who claims your craft. Mm. Now, for Puff, it doesn't matter. For Dre, it doesn't matter. Right. But Nikki goes on record and says... I, I write my... She takes pride in her pen. She does. I'm a writer. I'm a rapper. Blah, blah, blah. Kanye takes pride in his pen. I'm a rapper. I'm da 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 So with, when it's those artists and then come to find out that, that people are, are writing their records and not collaborating, like they're writing their whole verses, then it turns into a different conversation. So, right. I mean, you know what's really funny to me is like, even if... Even if Nikki wrote every verse that she's ever written, it's absolutely no secret that Nikki does not write her singing hooks in any way, shape, or form. But I think hooks are different, though. Okay, could you... Yeah, you know what? And you're right. They're arguably more important to the song. Mm. And, and, certain artists, and certain artists will say, hey, I'm not that good with hooks. They'll, they'll throw that out there. <laughs> you, you as a rapper know hooks are sometimes the hardest thing to write. Oh my God, absolutely. So nobody cares that Esther Dean writes the vast majority of Nikki's hooks? No, I don't think I don't think hooks are hip hop fans don't care. Yeah, I don't think hip hop fans care about it. So like I think that I think like hip hop fans have this, but I think it's somewhat emblematic of like just it's a weird thing that America has. Like we believe one of two possibilities. It's it's like either the great man theory of history. 
right? Which says there's like one singular person and it's, oh, and when people say this, they typically mean a male, which say the great person theory of history. There's one person who is a genius and toils and makes something great. Uh-huh. Or we believe that there is a system that is conspiring against these, these great people who are stopping them from being great. What we don't have a concept of is here's a group of people that together have made something. Maybe they make it together. Maybe it's a sequence of things. It, it seems impossible to us that this is how things might work, right? We all hate the group assignment in school. We hate being on teams at work. Right, right, right. And we, we all, if it was just me, I could do it better. And hip hop fans believe the same thing. Yep. yep. But yeah, you talked about on side A, how you felt that production had taken a leap. Yep. I don't think it's any accident that the insane collaboration started on the production side. Mm. 10 it's years not- ago, go ahead, it go was ahead. not at all common to see songs where you'd have three, four, five different producers credited. Yeah. That totally happens now. Yeah. Yeah. Producers did it first. Absolutely. I remember it being a big deal that Timbaland came and did the drums on Stronger. Right. That was a big deal. Right. Um, so, so you think, so to sum up what we were saying before, so f- as, as far as you're concerned, collaborating is one thing, but if somebody creates it and then you essentially karaoke it, that's a different thing. That's a totally different conversation. What if somebody makes it and then they take a bit of it and then they make it their own. Now we're in this middle piece, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all, there are shades. What's that? I said, that's when things get hazy. There are shades of gray here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's like these hip hop rules that we, that like, we feel like are supposed to exist. And I think because music has such an emotional attachment on all of our lives, it's almost like finding, like San, finding out Santa Claus isn't real. Mm. I'm saying like, what do you mean? Like, I remember I had a conversation where you're like, well, what do you mean Jay-Z doesn't write all his lyrics? Like, what if he doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he doesn't? There have been rumors about Jay for a long long time. time. Yes. When you talk about record pools, that was the first person I thought of. State property. Why Why do you think, why do you think artists sign people who, when they put out their own music, rap like them? They need belt carriers. Ex- we just yeah we're just like ah <laughs> uh, you caught me with that one you caught me off guard I was about to go on a rant and you messed me up <laughs> no, you're right I mean do, I mean is it I mean maybe it's a real coincidence that when a rapper like they be, they get big they get a little label next thing you know there's a whole bunch of people who are signed right. some of these people never put albums out never put they, albums out but why would they be signed and why are they okay with that. Why are they okay with that? What are they doing? There's right. no way that, like, I, I have best friends that I've known for half of my life. And if I get in a position where I'm signed to a major label deal and I have like a, a late 90s, early 2000 budget, I'm not taking them with me. <laughs> I'm only saying that because if you're on the road with me, you are now an expense. Right. So I got to pay for you to eat, so a hotel. Um, whatever expenses are in the studio, travel, per diem, whatever else goes on, like you're now an expense. You have to be doing something for the Armand Wake Up brand in order to earn your keep. I, I've been explaining to people like this. If you and I do a project together at work, say, we, say you and I work for uh, Google. Okay. So if you and I work for Google 
and you and I do a project together and it comes out and it makes Google money, when it hits the newspaper, who's going to get credit? Google. Google. Right. That's how it is with rappers. You have to, you have to take your emotion out of it and what these artists have done for you and the, the music that they've done and how they've attached themselves to your life. Once they get to a certain, uh, certain place, they become a building. And inside, there's a bunch of employees and there's a bunch of things, systems that go on that, that um, allow that building to function, that pay that, that, pay that building's mortgage, uh, keep the lights on, uh, allow everything for that building to function properly. It's not evil. It's not, uh, it's not all these things. It's business. It's and business. It's, and it's, to me, it's not lesser. It doesn't have to be lesser. It doesn't have to be lesser. But, we have these hip hop rules. They are. And- I want to, I like to credit Kanye here for all the crap that he gets. Nobody he, is arguably more generous with credits. He, and, and then that's, and to me, he's in a gray area now. He was always very, this, okay, so here we go. This is what it is. Right. He was always very, uh, he was always very generous with credits. You're absolutely right. But the focus was always on production. Mm. Um, it was always said, you yeah. know, it, it was always said, all right, well, Rhyme Fest writes. Rhyme Fest writes for Kanye. Consequence writes for Kanye, and up up recently, Sci High writes for Kanye. And we never batted an eye. And we consider Kanye to be, you know, people people hold Kanye in a in a very upper echelon in terms of emceeing. They well, do. I think they do in terms of his output, but I don't think in terms of him being a lyricist, they do. Uh, I think there's still this like old like. I, I think honestly, I think some people still he he will always be a producer first. Mm. He will be. be. Um, but okay, you were you were saying? Uh, I lost my point. Uh, like, I keep killing you with this rant. Um, it's cool. It's cool. So yeah. So like now, now is there more? Okay, I got it back. Now is there a focus on Kanye's writing credits? You know, Sahai puts this song out today that talks about the frustrations of being signed to good music. Um, and essentially not putting out material, only putting out mixtape stuff. But it's it's clear as day that Saha, Pusha T, Consequence, and Romfest and uh, Malik Youssef write for Kanye extensively. Sure, they're oh, in the credits. Oh, right. There you go. So let's oh, but let's also not forget um, the the fake all day remix, the reference that got passed as a remix. Mm, that reference hurt. Hurt a little bit. Because now we're now we're now we're getting away from helping out with writing to hip hop karaoke. See, it's the little Kim effect. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That the, the queen, the queen, queen chick reference that floated out afterwards. Yep, was, that was devastating to her. Her rep. It's crazy because I I always thought it was unspoken that Big Row Harams, especially on that first album. I think there's a, so. You, you and I talk about this all the time. There is a difference between r- how you write and how you rap. They Absolutely. are not the same thing. It Absolutely. is one thing to say that somebody wrote. I think like you, like there's levels to this. There is, I wrote this. I'm telling you how to rap like this. It's the difference between, I get, it might even be the difference between, right? You writing and I'm puff imitating Faramach. <laughs> Everybody references that record because it's insane. Few cha 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 cha. Right, it's crazy, and it's clear. Like, oh, I heard you rap like this. I'm gonna rap like this. Yeah. Um, the Drake stuff falls somewhere in the middle of that, right? It's clear that some of the inflections and stuff like that is taken, but it's also clear that he's not just copying word for word. 
Right. But stop calling it ghostwriting. It's not ghostwriting. Right. Um, and there's, I mean, people forget there's somebody else who's credited on, if you're reading this, it's too late. Some, uh, it's a, I can't think of her name. She's a female poet from Toronto. Oh yeah. I did hear about that. Yep. Yeah. She's credited too. They've talked, they've had like magazine articles about this before, yeah. but, um, yep, yep, yep. all right. So we agree. It's not ghostwriting. We agree that when you cross over into te- to instructing how somebody should actually do the rapping, now we're running into, now we're running into, I mean, even, even in that you can help, but if you, if you are, if you are basically dressing this person up to play a role, then it's different. Okay. So let's let, let's talk about the actual like some of the things that like the actual i don't want to say the, the the process of the beef but like process. so we can do, do you agree my, my i mean overall basically like meek just completely misplayed his hand he absolutely did i think he assumed and i think others assumed i think flex assumed if drama did leak it i think drama assumed i think people assumed all they had to do was say this put some of the references out there and Drake and Drake would just collapse in front of them. Well, that was the original idea. That's the reason why they didn't play Wanna Know on Monday. Wanna Know was ready, but they wanted to drop the references with Wanna Know. And right. that's what held them up. Now, why didn't they have the references? Because um, they knew drama had them, but drama, the rumor, okay, rumor has There's it. There's a lot of rumors, right? A lot of rumors, but the, the strongest one I've seen, the most consistent one I've seen is that drama had the references and was hesitating on giving them to Meek and Flex. Right. Um, that's this whole situation would be completely different if even after, right. If the Monday after charged up, if all they did no radio hype, no nothing. Exactly. All Meek does is tweet out four links. Could even do four separate tweets. Just however just you want to do it. Playlist, yeah. Well, SoundCloud's problematic. Probably got to go to YouTube. Right. Yeah. Cause they, well, they, they got taken down off of Flex's site like immediately. I they mean, were, 10 minutes that i mean that you have to right you own the copyright on those yeah copyright or you honestly don't say i mean look people there are enough people in new york like all you have to do is have flex play them and then you go tweet and then when flex comes back to the top of the hour when everyone's listening you drop bombs and you play them again well there's a way to do this and that but anyway there there was there was so many ways that me could have handled this differently and the entire conversation would have been different I think he should have put out Wanna Know on Monday even without the... See, I think Wanna Know doesn't help him at all. I think I th- it's a response to Charged Up. It's just not a good song. Not that Undertaker. The beats are crazy. The, the beats are Meek Mill beats. I know you're... Say, I know you're you, I'm talking about beats with Doc. So, but the general consensus is, myself included, is that both beats are crazy. People are waiting for the second half of the record. But... I f- he if he would have dropped the record on Monday, if he would just would have said seven p.m. Funk Flex Hot ninety seven or something like that, and actually delivered, and actually just delivered the record, he would not have had this problem because the fact that they pump faked and then Drake came out with back to back and back to back was more direct is what, and then now it's a club record and you know we'll get into everything else, but um, yeah, he should have still dropped Want to Know because Want to Know. You, it doesn't have a good rhythm to it. Well, they should. It starts and stops too much. Right. Don't play the Quentin Miller thing. I think that, I don't, I don't think that helps. It didn't, it, it didn't, I mean, it, it means it, that you can't ever play it. It means that you right. can't ever, right. you can't get it on iTunes. You can't play it on SoundCloud. You can't ever play it. Right, 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 right. Or if, if it he, is on SoundCloud, you can't do what, what Drake is doing with been, back to back. 
It could have been at the. He could have put it at the end. He could have well, put it at a different part of it. I'm saying. I'm saying like. So if you put it at the end and you put it on YouTube or whatever, or even sound. You know, you said SoundCloud is bad, but say you still put it on SoundCloud. Then you put it on iTunes and you just chop that part out. Right. You but, could. I mean, I, when I saw it, it said featuring Quentin Miller. That was corny. Super corny. I thought the puff part should have gone. I thought like all the sample like. There actually just isn't a whole lot there for Meek. Yeah, the education of Sonny Carson uh, skit was was unnecessary. He should have just rapped that that verse was the verse was fine. He could have enunciated a little. He's more. not saying anything. But that's the thing, though. Take away back to back. Okay. All we have to go off of is charged up. Right. If we here want to know a day and a half after charged up, right? We're having a different conversation. We are, and it's a back and forth. Exactly. Because now, um, this is this is an instance where you know people are comparing uh, uh, Takeover to Stillmatic and Ether to Super Ugly. It's not the correct, even though chronologically it's the correct response, but it's freestyle a song and freestyle a song. Right. So um, I say that to say we he should have dropped the record on Monday. Right. Just should have dropped the record. So or he should have just already had it in the stash and dropped it like Sunday or dropped. Like if he would have dropped it the next day on some Joe Button ransom tip, like dropped it Sunday right. or some on some uh, wire Sunday truce joint, <laughs> that would have been dope. Like it could have worked. So, to, I, I tried to I tried to list out what I thought actually matters in a beef. <laughs> right? Okay. Are you likable? This totally matters. Mm. We learned this. We've learned this before. I think arguably we learned it in the Jay Nas beef because people wanted to see Nas win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we also saw it with 50 and Rick Ross because I'm- nobody wanted to see 50 win. Yes. The 50 okay. Rick Ross beef might be the most non might be, might be the most implausible beef ever. What do you mean by implausible? I mean, like, <laughs> want to talk about facts not mattering? I was good. Well, I'm going to... We're going to talk about that, right? Sorry, so, let's talk about that because right. I, I, I really need to reference Rick Ross. All right, hold on. So number one, are you likable? Number two, how are the actual tracks? Like, yes. are they good songs? Uh-huh. Number three, did you execute correctly? Yeah. And in this 360 beef world, that means everything. It means Twitter. It means your cover art. It means what if you go on the radio, how do you play it in the radio? All that stuff. Number four, how do you respond when you're the one being dissed? It's yeah. like a media cycle. It's like politics, right? So when, Dr- when Drake puts out the record, what is your first response on social media? Conversely, when Meek puts out the record, what's Drake's response on so- social media? Notice I didn't say anything about what are the facts, right? Facts don't matter in beef. That is the problem that hip hop, that really like hardcore hip hop fans have. They think that facts, mat- that facts matter. They don't. Man, if facts matter, hip hop will be totally different. Hip, hip hop is is a large facade so i just mean in general and beefs like and i i get like the i'll let you talk about the ross thing the 50 rick ross thing is the biggest proof of that ever well i say see i i need to reference it for a, i need to reference 50 rick ross for a later point oh, okay <laughs> not necessarily like the beef part but just something something that happened uh in reference to drake and Meek. but we'll do that on down the line probably towards the end okay so all right so we got a little track there so Meek. Meek played his hand horribly. Yes, uh, those four things I mentioned, I don't think he, I don't think he won on any of them. He didn't, which sucks because he was he was doing the face turn. He was he, he was can't uh, help himself. He he turn. is an insecure rapper. 
He is a textbook example of an insecure rapper. He got mad that Drake didn't tweet about his album. When Drake disses him, he reply like he's got a picture of him on Instagram with a bunch of money. By the way, if you are ever if you're a rapper and you're ever being dissed for any reason and your first response is picture of you involving money, you have lost. It's <laughs> over. You have no that means you have no response. Like he he made himself seem like a villain. Yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Agreed. We haven't even mentioned when did Drake, when did Drake be, I don't want to call him ruthless because it's not ruthless, but like, talk about like, whatever, whatever, they, I don't know if, you know, some Drake fans would be like, oh, charged up was a warning shot. Well, it didn't really work. It got, it got a little bit of attention, but the way that back to back was rolled out, everything about it, everything. flawless execution, everything, everything, even the, what he's rapping about, like if you if you like list it out on a piece of paper, like take away all the punchlines and everything else, like if you list out what he's saying, there's nothing mind blowing that, right? No. But what he's doing is number one, he sets himself up as the singing guy. So he's like trying to alter the power dis- dis- disparity, right? So Drake is the more popular rapper. Meek right. should be the underdog. Right. Drake flips that. Right. Right. And he's goading Meek, right? If you know that Meek is, um, I just said the word. Why can't I think of it? Um, not insensitive. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, insecure. If you meet, if you know that somebody's insecure and you know that they like to brag and you know they have a certain persona, boy, when they're opening up for their girlfriend's tour, there's a lot of stereotypical ways that you can just poke and poke and poke. And that is all back to back was. Yeah. There's really not much there, but knowing Meek Mill's persona, that's what makes it work. How did you feel about back to back? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was a dope record. I thought it was, I thought it, I thought it effectively served to me, me coming up in 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 the the beef era and me with my obsession with like, you know, rap battles and right. smacking URL and all that stuff. That was the warning shot. Mm. That was the that was light. That was light. Like that's what you do when you, you know what I'm saying? Like um it's like the first round of a boxing match and you come out and instead of touching gloves, you punch them in the mouth. Mm. You know, so, I, yeah. And then again, more important than that, it was all of the little intangibles. Drake used everything to his advantage. Right. It ju- I mean, even the Joe Carter, Ugh. Toronto, Philly, they were playing that day. Um, it back to back. It made too much sense. It was it was low key scary how yeah. how well everything connected. That was right. scary. How so utilizing his his deal with Apple music. So it was on SoundCloud, but it was also showed up in Apple music immediately. Every, everything he's put out on, uh, and now, now I take that back. Cause I don't, I don't think those remixes that he did during the first no. episode are on there. They have hotline, hotline bling, uh, back to back. And, uh, what was the other right record? hand, right hand. Can we, All, so we, we haven't even talked about hotline bling, by the way. <laughs> that was the one thing I was mad about. Like in all of this coonery and buffoonery, <laughs> The fact that Hotline Bling is such an amazing song has has it got it went under the radar. It's starting to float back up now. I'm seeing more people talk about it. Yeah, that that's a hit in the waiting. Yeah, I feel bad for the Cha Cha guy because that was that was me and my kids' song for the summer. I mean, that was our our at Goofy record. Except it's it's not really a remix of that. It's the same. I thought it was. I mean, it's it's the same drums and stuff because it's the same drums. It's not this. It's not the same sample. Well, this is what I this is what I was this is why I say this because 
I went to go listen to it one day. My daughter pulled it up on Spotify, and of course, they couldn't clear the Super Mario record. Mm. So they changed the melody, and I didn't want to listen to it. I wanted the original, so right. I didn't even let the new version play. So I don't know if they just stripped it down and made it minimal, and then Drake took that beat, or they just took the drums and and you know forty did his forty thing and filtered everything else out. No, and it's um, right. it's uh, nineteen eighty five who produced it, and they sample something else entirely. Okay. So it's more like a recreation. Okay, so people were calling it they were because it's sim- because it's similar, but yeah. Gotcha. Um but that record is is oh, it's so catchy. Yeah. And he's really that's the crazy part. That's the crazy part. Even that's the crazy part about like pop records, R&B records, just singing records. Like he's he's probably saying what? 20 words? There's <laughs> not the much. Song? There's not much lyrically, but it's 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 a super dope record. It is, um, and it's you know it's so the way that the way that this sort of rolled out. The, so, so Drake's playing stuff when he does an OVO Sound radio thing, which apparently is every other Sunday at this point. Saturday. Then, what's up? Saturday. Is it Saturday? Yeah, every other Saturday, and then it'll pop up in Connect in Apple Music, and then relatively soon after, it actually is in like iTunes and it's in the regular part of the Apple Music app. So that tells me that despite the fact that that uh, Drake has a deal with Apple Music, he's still not at the point where he can just take a SoundCloud Lucy and treat Apple Music fully like that. But the Connect thing is a real interesting thing because they can still promote that from the app. So when you open up Apple Music, it's like, oh, go to go to Drake's Connect and see this, blah, blah, blah. So they're definitely using that. Um, and if I'm SoundCloud, I'm terrified of this. Yeah. I, um, think, sound, I think SoundCloud has another year like they should probably try to get bought by somebody um but i I can't believe spotify hasn't jumped into this like and even on i mean even even in like apple music like it's still very separate like here's the connect piece here's the rest of it so i I just can't believe that somebody hasn't looked at now what connect's doing but what soundcloud did before whether it's spotify or rdo or google play or whoever and just said let's just let people auto upload and treat it like youtube where if there's a copyright problem Somebody has to submit a thing and then we take it down. Like that works for YouTube. Like why can't they figure, you know what I mean? Right. So I can't believe somebody hasn't gotten this yet, but we'll get there anyway. So we, we've been all over the map here. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So I don't want to do the B side for two hours. I know. Drake's, Drake's got a, a third song. He did not play it at OVO Fest, but he did put all those memes up on the screen. Yeah, people were saying that he was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was irony that he was uh, dissing Meek with memes that other people created. Why is that irony? Just the, because uh, the whole thing is that he didn't write his own lyrics, so he's not writing his own jokes either. <laughs> What's great about that is everybody, not everybody, well, a lot of the people in the audience had already seen those. It was a communal experience. Yeah. You didn't have to, you could flash them up quickly because people had already seen them. They yeah. recognize them. You didn't, it, if he would have gone up with, let's put, let's put it this way. If the people at OVO had tried to do their own memes, it would have backfired. What, some of them wouldn't have been funny. Some of them would have been, oh, that's too similar to this other one. You're just copying. Like, just use what's there. It would like, have been too hard, yeah. This is the new, like, social media world, yeah. right? Things move so fast now. Yep. That memes that were created in response to a song that wasn't even a week old, you had this major concert and you could put them up on the screen and trust that a lot of these people had seen that. 
Yeah. This is just a different speed of beef than we grew up with. Yeah. So when we talked before about like how would Puffett handle it, you know, not Puff, how, how would Tupac have handled it, how would Biggie have handled it? I mean, think of the Jay Nas beef. Like, wh- what happens if that's in this era, right? Things just go completely different. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, there's a lot. There's, I mean, there's still even issues of people feeling like Meek should have responded better because he came up battling. I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that team. But I hear you. Tell, but tell me what you tell me what you said. What you text me? Uh, I think oh. the morning after. Uh, oh no, you can make. I don't no, know. No, it was uh, the difference between battling and beefing. It's what we're talking about today. Like I don't even what. What did I say? I can't remember. I mean, you 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 laid it out like that. Like you said, it was it was a whole bunch of other stuff that Meek didn't consider, and then people just assume that you know because you battle doesn't mean that you can get into a beef and win. You know, it's like battling on a record versus battling live. So it's it's when cannabis went the king of the dot and tried to battle and completely embarrassed himself. You know, it's it's why Joe Budden put the mic down at Total Slaughter. You know, it's why they ha- it's why mainstream artists who are known for battling on wax have not successfully made the transition into right. uh, uh, live battling, except Cassidy, which was completely ironic and hilarious. I also think that just in general, I think that the skills that it takes to be good at battling are not the same as the skills that it, that it takes even just to make good songs. It doesn't mean that you can't share them. It just means right. they're not the same. Well, and battling so, is performance art. It is. I mean, you know, I, I used to do beat battles. Believe me, the stuff that you need to do to successfully win a beat battle have has almost nothing to do with what it takes to make a beat for a great song. Like, right. it doesn't mean that one couldn't belong on the other, but they are completely different skills. Exactly. And exactly. so I will say, though, that in general, I just can't believe how tepid Meek's responses have been. It's I, I almost think that he just can't even believe this is happening. Well, let me ask you this, because this is a question that I've seen. Why do you think this is the question? Why do okay. you think Drake responded to meek but did not put this much energy into kendrick or pusha um because this isn't well this isn't a case of like dislike or disrespect or anything generic like that this is like drake's career thank you thank you yes i don't even realize i don't even know if meek realized what he was doing right and i I don't and 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 not only that, he thought a lot of, I think a lot of, I think Meek thought that he was going to get a lot of support, but Drake makes a lot of people money. I don't even think it's that he makes a lot of people money. I think it's that people like Drake. I know that, I know that there are people who just find that so hard to believe. <laughs> I'm not saying you do. I know that pe- there are people who listen to the show who like, you know, Drake is the soft rapper. Right. But like, I think Drake's, maybe not genius isn't the right word, but. What Drake did here is he turned what was an inside thing. Like it was a war. It was some stuff on Twitter, some stuff on hot 97 radio stuff that existed within the hip hop world. Yeah. And he made it way bigger. Yeah. He was, they weren't ESPN talking about him. Right. Yeah. I I just think that Drake is, is generally a likable, like he has a likable persona, like for most people, right? Not everybody, but a lot of people like Drake and Meek acted like, a 1980s like high school movie villain. <laughs> I'm just picturing uh, uh, what's his name from Back to the Future? 
Biff. Biff Tanner, yes. Right. <laughs> I'm telling Such you. 80s name, Biff. Biff. I'm telling you, the picture of him with the cash, like. And that, was, I, that was a Ted DiBiase. Right, but Meek, Meek does not want to play the villain here. No. Meek wins if Drake's the villain. Right. And you've already seen some like the, oh, I can't believe. But now it comes off as almost like you're picking on me. I, right. In a way, I don't know how. I, I don't say I don't know how Meek can win because there's still, a, if like I said, if if there's a, if there's a, at this point, I honestly think the thing, what you should do is just shut up. Yeah. So now let's talk about what happened last night. Oh, God. Because that was the, because the response was Meek, say something. Meek, say something. People were saying, hey, he didn't even tweet out a link to want to know. Right. Um, you know, he, he, he hadn't tweeted in like four or five days. Then all of a sudden, just out the blue, he pops up in, I think, where, they, where were they at last night? Charlotte? Charlotte. So there had been, I had seen online that like, there had been rumors that he had been, he had been, he, <laughs> the rumors make it sound like he has to ask Nikki, like, can I do this at the concert? Now, some of that might be true. I mean, this is Nikki's Nikki show. It's, it's her show. It's her show. Um, her fans, I got, I can't, I can't lie. Like the videos last night where he's the opening act. So it's not a full arena. Right. And there's a lot of white teenage girls in the front and there's Meek doing Meek things. And I'm just like, oh man, like you could see how in an ideal world, this is so great for his career. This is an audience that he has not had exposure to. Yep. But then it's just, this is not the time to pull out beef records. And that's that's crazy because Nikki has Nikki has finally embraced. I'm going to be a urban artist who has crossed over rather than a crossover artist. Right. Right. And she decides to take Dej Loaf, Meek Mill, you know, these these uh, these really, really underground urban artists. I think Ray Schmermer were, were on a couple of days as well. I seriously, if somebody can tell me how to pronounce that, I would really appreciate it. That's not slander. I really don't know how to pronounce shrimp. <laughs> I really don't know how to pronounce it. Shrimp. Shrimp. Is that it? Ray shrimp? No, it's shrimmered. Shrimmered? Yeah. Word. <laughs> all right. Ray shrimmered. Okay. All right. Just say ear drummers backwards. We all know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Ear drummers backwards. So now this is sort of, do you think this is backfired on Nikki? Because now the focus is on, of course, Nikki fans are going to go see Nikki. But the, the, the fact that a, a hip hop artist is having a successful tour um, is getting overshadowed by this Drake Meek Mill thing. Because like you said, it's everywhere. Well, part of the, I don't know if it overshadowed. I, she's got to be annoyed because part, like they have constructed the tour. You know, it's no secret. Tours follow a storyline, especially lately, like a big budget tour. There is like, a, there's a flow to it. Depending on the artist, there is literally like a storyline, like this thing happens and this thing happens. And the same thing happens city after city, night after night, right? Part of the quote-unquote storyline of this tour revolves around the fact that Meek Mill and Nikki are boyfriend and girlfriend, right? I'm assuming that's why that's the single out right now for Meek, right? That's... They're... they're, if This is not the time to be doing this, basically. Exactly. Like exactly. that's, I mean, that's gotta be how, how Nikki feels. Yeah. Right. Cause she yeah. hasn't said anything about it. And at some point her silence will be a problem. Yep. Be, right. <laughs> Cause there's already like, you know, people are already asking me like, Oh, did they break up? There's Just a lot, you know, silent about it. Um, I have no doubt. Well, first of all, a tour of that size, especially Nikki's people are there. Nikki's people are there. Like a tour of that size. There are going to be a lot of people backstage and, 
first of all, anytime if you have two people touring, like they're gonna get into spats because you're like seeing the same person day after day, like right. little things like there's gonna be little spats. It's life. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Um yeah. now if you factor in they're dating, well there might be some more spats. Yeah. Right? Now you factor in, oh, one of them has called all this attention. That by the way, this puts Nikki in the most uncomfortable position possible. Absolutely. Um Absolutely. Yeah, the fact that Nikki has said nothing is, you know It's telling. So, I don't know if it's I, telling, but I it speaks. It says something. Right. It says something. Now, what does that say? That's up for, you know, speculation, but right. it says so, something. So Meeks, it wasn't even a full response. It was like a piece of a freestyle. And then on top of that, he said, I really can't do that studio-ish right now. <laughs> so it's like, you're basically saying the rumors about 3 Pete is that this is going to put the nail in Meek's coffin. That's the rumor, right? I think the rumor serves all the purpose. You don't even need it. The rumor, the rumors right. surrounding 3 Pete online are, are make this sound like hit him up and drop a gem on him. <laughs> No Vaseline, right? Being you, right? Like, so rolled into one, right? And so, but I the, think that's why Drake didn't drop it. I don't think he should. But if Meek responds again, it's almost like, you know, like you forced me to. Because you're right, he doesn't. The battle's over. It's over. And in it's fact, over. Meek, Meek, Meek did it to himself last night. He, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, just the poorest execution you could possibly think of. It, it, I guess, no, this this is my thing as a rapper. Like, God, and I really hope I don't come off as, like, stuck up or whatever. But, like, as a as a rapper, Drake is the easiest target. Mm. Right. <laughs> like, so even though he's turned the tables, you're absolutely right. He's turned the tables. He's made, he's turned his weaknesses into strengths, et cetera, et cetera. You can still go at all those things. But, like, saying, like, Tiger don't F with you, like. That's what you came up with? That's And that's what right. you decided to rap, rap acapella? It was like, oh, man. But, again, I'm going to be the optimist, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until something in full drops, which is, to me, what he did on stage was enough for Drake to say, okay, you, you, you're obviously not listening to me. Like, it's, it's, it's the thing. Ah, it's Drake, yeah. But Drake, Drake can't make himself look like the bully. He can't make Meek seem th- sympathetic. Like it's a but fine he's not line. sympathetic because he's fighting back. But he's now it's, if he would have dropped line. three P if he would have dropped three Pete at the OVO fest, right. then he would have looked like a bully. I like if you look at the way, like if you look at how back to back is, like he's trying to get him to come at him with the you're soft. Like he's trying to lay the trap into Meek's credit, he hasn't walked into it yet. But it's like he doesn't have anything else to come with. You know what I mean? Like, listen to back to back. And he really wants Meek to come at like his manhood. Right. He's he's clear like to me if there is a if there's a three P it seems like there is. He's clearly trying to set that trap. Meek hasn't walked into it yet, whether he's doing it on purpose or not. But what he's doing instead is uh, I don't know. You know? And I can't even just say we're saying Meek as though it's a singular thing. You and I talked earlier, it's about a team. Whoever is advising him. It's obviously like Dream chases because MMG has been silent. Yeah, Rick, Rick Ross has been very quiet. Um, has he Rick even Ross tweeted Ross. anything other than him accidentally writing uh, <laughs> Drake? Uh, <laughs> Drake greater than greater than greater than greater. Than greater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we laugh, but man, like this is the problem. Not the problem. This is the challenge of social media. Yeah, like. 
honestly though just in general like meek's general execution for stuff seems to be off yeah like b-boy they totally botched that yeah 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 so this isn't they're botching this entire beef from start to finish i think i really but i don't even know if it's that sinister if it's that complicated i honestly think it just boils down to number one whether it's meek or the people close to him or some combination of and obviously people in the industry as well whether it's flex or drama like number one they all just assumed that oh my god drake we have proof that drake doesn't write all of his stuff by himself everyone's going to flip out and and number two they just can't believe that people want drake to win yeah yeah because they thought him breaking cardinal sin number one in hip-hop was right. gonna be enough to right. you know get the backlash or whatever but people people don't care like that new rules new hashtag rules. <laughs> hashtag new rules so <laughs> is there anything you feel we haven't covered about this uh i was gonna cover um i do have a question okay because the question that i have is more important than me covering i was gonna cover this idea that drake thought that because i asked you because i thought i asked you because i've heard people say that meek was an easier target than kendrick or Pusha. no i don't think so you saying that this was a business is it was this was gonna mess up drake's business perfectly summarized that drake comes from the school of jay-z Jay-Z is largely considered to be the greatest, one of the greatest ever. And, and Jay did not get into it with every artist who sent shots at him. Right. So he, hand, he also handpicked. So he had Nas, but he also had me, uh, not Mino. Yeah, Mino. He right. also had Jim Jones. Uh, you know, but did he, did he go directly at Jada Kiss? No. But did he send shots at Jada? Absolutely. Did he go directly at Mace? No. But did he send shots? Absolutely. Right. Did Check Drake, your own video. You always be number two. You always be number two. Um, did, did Drake, um, has Drake sent the direct shot at Kendrick? No. But people forgot about the, the remix that he did on Future's uh, shoot record. <laughs> that, was at, uh, that was going at Kendrick. People didn't, uh, did, has he gone directly at Pusha T? No. But people forgot about uh, Dreams Money Can Buy. Um, uh, right. That's the record, but he's he's responded to pushing in subliminal. So it's not like he's picking and choosing. This was like you said, it was a business decision. But so the question I have to end this: What can Meek do to recover? How does Meek bounce back from it? Can he? Because people are saying his career is done. He's not in a good place right now. That being said, he has two songs in the Billboard Top 40 right now. Mm-hmm. That's those are the pop charts. Meek is on tour, making money. His career's not done, but he does have to have a response. It doesn't have to be a song. Again, a Blessings reference turns this whole thing around. A reference to a song that we haven't even considered turns this whole thing around. Short of that, then it literally, like, he has one chance with a song. Like, he can't have a freestyle he, that, that's like a couple bars at a con. Like, he, it's gotta be fully conceived, executed, you know, the whole thing. The, of course, he still has a chance. There's still a lot of variables. Like, uh, you know, it's not just all about the music. But no, Meek has a chance. His career is not over. What do you think? Well, this is where I want to use 50 and Rick Ross at. Okay. Because being considered, being having an image of a, a Miami drug lord <laughs> and then getting outed as working as a correctional officer is like, should have been a headshot. Yeah. But the one thing that Ross did 
this these accusations came out uh, deep around the time of Deeper Than Rap. That was the beginning of Ross's run. Right. So Ross was putting out dope records after dope records after dope records after dope records. He responded on In Cold Blood and then like he might have did an interview or two. Never heard it about it. You never heard about it again. But Ross went on to have his Ross run. Right. To the point to where it didn't even matter anymore. If Meek comes back off a tour, goes back into the studio and just starts firing off records, dope records to make people forget about the Drake situation, because <laughs> it's not a beef. It's a situation at this point. <laughs> He'll be all right. Go home, finish making your money on tour, finish doing your thing with Nikki. go home and just start firing off dope records. Right. You'll be fine. As, as quickly as social media jumped on you, they'll jump off you. Remember when Action Bronson was public enemy number one like two weeks ago? Who? People, exactly. And not to say Action Bronson is on who status, but <laughs> people's opinion of him is on huh status. That was, also, went- that was also a beef that existed. I'll give, I, well, actually, you know, yeah, I'll say this. That was a beef that existed in the hip hop sphere. The Drake Meek Mill thing has gone way bigger. It's bigger. It's big. It's way wider than Ross and Fifty. God, he had twenty-one million hits of back-to-back in like a day or two or something like that. That's nuts. It's it's the widest ranging in terms of like number of people who've heard about it. Beef at least since Jay and Nas. I'm not even joking. Everybody, you know, like no joke. Like the morning after, was it the morning after back-to-back? Maybe I can't remember. My wife was like, "Oh yeah, I read about that on Mashable." <laughs> she knew all about it i was like wow this is what's happening that's funny it's like it's so much bigger it's so much more widely known than the average hip-hop fan it's deep even, in rap. <laughs> even has any idea yeah so on one hand yeah he needs to um i think you're right he needs to just make music at some point but he has to at least there has to be something out of this because he can't let the last thing that he ever says about this be be known as Tiger won't f with you. <laughs> People will never let him forget that. Right. Right. Because like in the Ross Fifty thing, it was it was Fifty who was dissing Ross. Ross's response to being called out was to just make dope music. In this case, Meek does the calling out. Right. It all backfires against him, and now he doesn't know how to get back. Right. Hmm. You know if. Let's say back to back doesn't come out. You and I would probably be advising Drake just go make dope records. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, don't ever work with Q Miller again. Like that's so awful for me to say because he's pro- he's a young guy. You, you know. Think, you think that now, or you think if had he not responded? I think I think in general he can never work with him again. Mm. That ever. yeah. I, I, I quite I, I had a question about that. Like as far as Drake is concerned, this kid does not exist. It's so ruthless. It's so horrible. But there is that. There is no option, right? The, he had. There was two ways he could. He, there was one other way he could have played it, which was the ultimate. I don't give a care what people think. Would have been to bring him out at OVO. Yeah, but that didn't happen. Which means it can never happen again. At least with him, never. And so I just hope the kid isn't blackballed. Like I hope people work with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But Drake can't ever. <laughs> wow, it's done. I don't know. Y'all let us know. Y'all let us know what y'all think of that. Hit yeah. us up at CRS Podcast at Armand Wake Up at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z. Is Quentin Miller finished out here? He's finished with Drake. 
He's finished with Drake. I mean, Forty essentially already did it over Twitter. You saw that, right? Nah, what happened? Forty explained like he's like he's a nice kid, but honestly, I've maybe worked with him for thirty minutes total. Like he totally was just like, uh, boom, cut him off from these like nice kid. You know, we worked with him. I honestly talked from like thirty minutes total of my life. Blah blah blah. Like just totally chopped him off. Wow. So anyway, anything else you want to say about all this? Nope. I'm. I think. I think we covered everything from head to toe. All right. I think we're good. <sighs> it's good to be back, it's man. <laughs> so good to be home. It feels so good to be back. All right. Uh, next week, I assume we'll talk Dre, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Next week will be Compton. All right. Well, we'll catch y'all later.